0: Special teams saves the day. After years of wondering when we'll ever get an effective special teams play, we finally get one. And I'm pretty sure this is going to go down in history. For years to come, people will talk about the watermelon kick. We had an ugly win. Okay, it happens to the best of teams. But, a win's a win. Nonetheless, that still doesn't negate the fact that we still have to have some things polished up. I'm pretty sure it's obvious, but here's my take, so let's get into it. Hello and thank you for tuning into the Armchair Champions Podcast. This is Tori, the Armchair Champion. Um, thank you for joining me yet again. Um... Uh, before we get started, just uh, please, if you're liking the content, please feel free to follow me on YouTube at Armchair Champion. And also, you can follow me on Twitter at that is Armchair Champion One. That's Armchair, C H A M P I, the number one. You can follow me there. Um, and feel free to listen to this episode and any other episodes uh, that have been recorded in backlog. You can listen on the Anchor app, or you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, so, as we roll into next week, I just want to, or the next Sunday game against the Seattle Seahawks, just want to take a little time here to reflect on uh, what happened in Atlanta. We came out of the gate once again, stumbling, and it was not a pretty sight. First quarter, we were down three scores, and then we finally get on the board, and then the Falcons answer, and then every time we got on the board, it seemed like the Falcons answered again, up until near the end of the game, where we were actually able to put the game effectively in the hands of our special teams team, with seconds left in the fourth quarter. We were able to pull off a special teams miracle on an onside kick. A very low percentage kick in the NFL, especially these days. An error on the side of the receiving team left the now known as watermelon kick. Left that kick up to the Dallas Cowboys special teams. We took took, uh, that opportunity and we turned that into a last second win. In no measure of that game, up until that point, did we lead. Did we have a lead? Did we obtain a lead? There was no back and forth. But, we came back, roaring back. In the latter parts of the game. And we were able to pull off the upset. An historical upset, mind you. Because, typically, the statistics show, when someone comes out of the gate with a three-score lead... That team tends to win the game, with and and the probability of the uh, Atlanta Falcons winning was ninety nine point nine percent. Now that that point zero one percent that came in a play Sunday. That missed that that goth, that missed opportunity by the Falcons to seal the game became an opportunity for the Cowboys to steal the game I myself couldn't believe it but it happened my jaw was on the floor but I because I it, if you've been a Cowboys fan at least 10 years you've seen this play out multiple times where we we uh, come out we're behind and then we're playing catch up and then it seems like there's nothing that is done to to give us that hope that maybe, just maybe we can snatch this game out of the jaws of defeat. Now, this was happening, mind you, under the old regime. Now, if, in, if this past Sunday was any inkling of the new regime, then... I anticipate a tougher, more resolved, more resilient team. Regardless of the fact that we fought, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, they they fought their way back into it and won. They stole the win. A lot of things have to be considered. Number one. People who've moved the goalposts for everything Dak has ever done under center as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback, I implore them now, more than ever, even as I've implored before this past Sunday, to reconsider their position. Reconsider. Because you think about it all the intangibles and everything. They can culminate with time into these kind of performances like what you have from Dak. The man threw 450 yards, one touchdown, and ran in three. Dak put the team on his back. Zeke put the team on his back. With those tough runs, including that run that, well, it's been making the rounds on the uh, internet. Uh, He ran into the uh, Falcon Safety, and the Falcon Safety basically just went back and down. They both put that team on their backs. And when it needed to get done, when we couldn't get Zeke up the middle in the red zone, Dak said, I'll do it myself. Because it meant that much to him to carry his team Get, get in and lead his team to a victory. So everything that has been said negative negatively about Dak, everything that has been said by anyone who is not a fan of his or anyone who thinks that Dak is not a good quarterback or an average quarterback, anything that's been said by those people, I implore you to reconsider. Because somewhere... From my point of view, somewhere deep down, I feel like this is only the beginning and we'll see more. That's my hope, but it's also a feeling. Okay, the next thing we have to consider is the defense was getting gashed by Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. It seemed like we didn't have an answer. We had Trayvon Diggs and he did a great job considering it was only a second professional game. He was on Julio Jones, and that's a nightmare in and it of itself because Julio Jones is in a class of his own. But he did an out he did a remarkable job. You know, playing against Julio. Calvin Ridley, uh well, yeah. He's basically a good compliment to Julio Jones. An effective compliment. And when he couldn't go to Julio, he went to uh, Ridley. So, with that being said, is it the scheme? Is it the players? Is there somebody in that secondary that can galvanize everybody on that particular unit and turn them into what and turn them into someone that can play outside of what they're currently playing? We don't know. I'll say one thing, though: I've not been in this boat for a while, ever since it became part of the rumor mill in uh, the world of football. That game convinced me finally to consider and even just sort of jump right in that boat really quickly. Maybe, just maybe, in fact, I think it would do that secondary some good if we did go get Earl Thomas. Now, I know he's not going to solve all our problems. I get that, but he can help, especially in that area, especially where we haven't had an effective safety in in years, like we have not had an outright effective safety and impact safety in years. So I'm saying since Darren Woodson, I would say since Roy Williams. But that's just my opinion. Either way, it has been a long time since we've had an effective safety. And it would do justice, it would do good if we did have Earl Thomas back there. So I'm officially on that boat, on that bandwagon, whatever analogy you want to use. I think it would do us good in the secondary, at least if we got Earl Thomas. And other parts of the defense can use some help. I mean our linebacking core did admira they performed admirably. Our pass rush still needs, you know, to be effective. But the thing is you have a defense that goes through multiple schemes, multiple formations. And you have men who have had their who have been three point stance, who have had a hand in the dirt whatever have you four point stance they're sometimes standing up they're spread wide they're you know coming in standing up or whatever have you on that but either way what they're comfortable with what their technique what the technique that made them effective what they are used to doing is not being used at that moment or in that particular scheme um very much so and given that there was no preseason, no real off season, anything of that nature, they didn't have time to get used to multiple formations, multiple stances, you know, what works for them and what doesn't, they haven't had that time. So apparently Coach McCarthy is planning to scale back a little bit schematically and Hopefully it's not to be conservative, but something that fits the gifts that those guys who have made their bones, um, playing football, you know, something that fits their gifts, you know, for, for example, Evelyn Griffin, you know, not used to standing up, not used to standing up, um, DeMarcus Lawrence, Yeah, not used to being a stand up guy, um, I can't tell with Ald Smith. Ald Smith seems to wreak havoc. (laughs) Or, you know, at least disrupt, you know, the backfield wherever he goes. So, I mean, if it works for him doing either or, that's great. But, you know, you want to work with the gifts that, you know, the players have that made them the effective players. That gave them a name or made them an impact player where they were previously or in college or even on your roster. So hopefully this scaling back that uh, coach McCarthy's uh, speaking of that's going to work out hopefully that works out for everybody and hopefully you know we can get a more effective pass rush because you know we've got the Seattle Seahawks coming up and Russell Wilson is on fire <laughs> that offense is on fire high flying i mean the ball is going everywhere so we want to have a, an effective defense to be able to disrupt that level of comfort, that pocket, you know, to, to, to cause disruption in that backfield and not just let it be the way it was in the last two games where, you know, the quarterback had all day to throw and he could literally just set up and choose who he wanted to throw to because he had time. You want to disrupt that timer in his, in his, in his mind and you want him to think twice, three times even. So we need that and hopefully scaling back will help. Scaling back just a little bit. You know, not not just going total conservative, but just scaling back a little bit. You know, hopefully just how you know just a a little bit, you know, that, that'll help out. I believe that'll help out. And I, what can I say about the offense? I, I will say that the line performed very admirably, considering we were missing Tyron Smith on the left, Lyle Collins on the right. We had Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight and and they performed fairly well. So that was definitely something promising, and you know that that you know that didn't hit the dirt too many times, and plays didn't get you know totally just blown apart, at, you know behind the line of scrimmage. So I want to say they did perform well, you know. So definitely got to give those guys a. Uh, uh definitely an honorable mention and you know kudos and a good job and you know, just they did well. And we absolutely have to respect the job that Dalton Schultz did at tight end. Now, week one I was definitely ready for him to be replaced because he wasn't catching a ball. <laughs> he either over or underran his routes, missed opportunities, but this past Sunday, Dalton Schultz delivered. He had 88 yards and a touchdown grab. And he did very well, considering, you know. So that was a definitely a good turnaround from the Rams to playing the Falcons. And let's just hope things keep on uh, progressing for Dalton Schultz. Um, in the stead of Blake Jarwin. Um, so definitely have to show him, show him respect. Because he stepped up so definitely a uh, most improved player from week 1 to week 2 so happy to see him step up and step in that role and just play like he did and hopefully he'll continue to play that way so good job late for uh, dalton schultz um so now i want to talk about those receivers when your quarterback throws 450 yards, <laughs> the first place you're looking at is the fact that we've got some good receivers in the 1, 2, and 3 slot. You have Coop in the first slot. You have Gallup in the second slot. And C.D. Lamb in the third slot. And C.D. Lamb, again, those flashes you saw in L.A., you saw more of that. And you saw more than you saw in L.A. against Atlanta. I mean, The man came with a, what was it, 106 yards. Coop grabbed about a hundred. I think Gallup grabbed a hundred. I didn't see his stat line, but Gallup saved our game. Basically, you know, he saved our game. It was one more circus catch that saved the game for the Dallas Cowboys from Michael Gallup. And that's the thing. That's a beautiful thing where you have receivers who can go in and sure, they're establishes in one, two, and three, but. When you have a number two playing like a number one or a number one playing like a number one or a number three playing like a number one, you know, that that's a gift. That's a gift. So I think Kellen Moore should fully use that to his advantage. You know, we've got three receivers that can stretch the field. When you have receivers that can stretch the field, you know, three at that, you're in a privileged position. So, you know, we did a good job setting out. He did a good job opening a playbook in the second half. We needed more of that in the first half. But. If he can open up the playbook like he did in the second half of the Atlanta game throughout the entire game in Seattle, we can make it a contest. You have to use everything you've got at your disposal. You know, it's a good problem to have to have receivers like that. That's a great problem. The only problem is expanding. You know, just you have to keep making the playbook more expansive and heavier and heavier. But hey, you get a workout it's what it is but you know that is that's a good problem to have as opposed to you don't have one and then after that one that receiver one might be wrapped up you know your options are limited so kill them more yeah open the playbook and do what you did with the second half in atlanta all the way through a game so that's how i feel um now we're marching on to seattle tough nose team, hard nose team. And we're going to be playing right there in Seattle. So it's an away game for us. So. Now, save for the fact that we don't have fans in the stands there at the moment, yeah, it's, we're not in, you know, home territory. So definitely going into an adverse environment, an environment where, you know, hey, it's hard. Well, if they're, even if they're, our fans in the stands? Yes or no? It's still an environment, you know, that you go and play in. Because when you're at home, you draw a different energy. But when you're going into somebody else's house, you know, you don't have the energy that they're drawing just from being there. You know, it's... You're the visitor and your job. You're playing, you know, kind of with the odds stacked against you, essentially. But you can still win. My... What I really want to see from this game, I want to see the offense expand again on what they did in the second half in the Atlanta game, but through four quarters. I want them to carry that through four quarters. That's what I want to see. I want to see our defense up front, that front seven, effectively keep the quarterback guessing, keep that keep that uh, backfield for Seattle guessing, and keep them on there, you know, keep them, you know, on their heels or, you know, keep them trying to, you know, keep keep them uh in situations where it's not so easy for them to gain yards. You know, that's what I want now. I just, I want them to, you know, just get up for the game, rise to the occasion. That's what I want. You know, I want our secondary to be able to cap off, you know, their receiving core, but there's one huge problem. DK Metcalf, who's going to guard that guy? That guy's big, he's strong, he's fast. He can make the catches, he can make all the catches you need. And he's been very reliable for Russell Wilson so far this season. And then the next person's Tyler Lockett. Now, the way we performed against Ridley and Julio scared me because if we're going against those two guys, And then that veteran, that Wiley veteran and Greg Olson, that tight end. We're going to have a nice, nice nice-sized problem on our hands. We're going to have a nice battle. A nice, you know, tough battle. You know, we're we're already walking into this with, you know, people thinking that we're going to get rolled. You know, we're going to get bounced out of the door with ease. So, for that game... Um, I just think that, uh, I just think if we can just bring that high, out, you know, if we can bring the high energy we had in the second half of the Atlanta game, if we can start off hot and fast, you know, we keep going and then we can do some things on defense, you know, that they wouldn't expect. I think honestly, it could wind up a shootout and I think it's going to wind up being a shootout. You know, we've got two very good quarterbacks, you know. You've got two offenses capable of scoring. I personally think that it could be a shootout, you know. Now, I would love to see it be kind of like what happened with uh, the Cowboys and the you know, Broncos with Peyton Manning at quarterback. That was a shootout for the ages. You know, It was like one of the best games that year, the year that they played each other. It was, I believe, 2014 or 2015. But that was a shootout. And the only thing that... Uh, <laughs> That that made it uh, fruitless was the late turnover, uh, the late interception thrown by uh, Tony Romo. But you know, people love to see those kind of games, and I would love to see this be a shootout. You know, that's what I want personally. I want to see this be an exciting game, and I want, of course, I want the Cowboys to win. But I definitely want this to be something where it's just you know, just trading, trading scores, trading scores, and you know, I just want to see our defense step up to the uh to the plate and just. Make the, the necessary stops, you know. I think that this game could go in the 30s on each side, honestly. Best case scenario be 38-34 Dallas. Worst case scenario would probably be 34-27 Seattle. That's just my little score prediction. Um, but I think that it's probably going to be a game where there's going to be a lot of scoring but i'd like to be proven wrong by my secondary you know i think if we're gonna get up for the game we might as well shut him out but that's probably not gonna happen so i i see it being a duel you know a duel between two good quarterbacks and i just want our quarterback to come out victorious that's what i'm looking for so it could very well be a duel just a Back and forth, and back and forth, and I think that it's gonna come down to either defense or special teams unit. Now, it'd be nice if we could get that special teams, uh, the special teams last minute magic once more. But right now, to me, the immediate people that we need to depend on, or we need to re- be able to rely on, are on that defense, and we need them to step up in a big way. You know, Seattle is playing they they come to play. They're playing at a high level now, and they are coming to play. So we can't play, we we can't play on defense. We can't, you know, we can't play sloppy or anything of that nature. We have to come to play with them too. But either way, hopefully we'll get a very good game and we come out victorious. So that's what I'm expecting. So yes. We shall see. Sunday shall come and we shall see what happens. So regardless, I'm definitely excited. That's always an exciting thing to play the Seahawks. Nerving unnerving because the Seahawks are consistently good. But it's definitely an exciting thing to see the Cowboys and the Seahawks go at it. So I'm expecting a good game regardless. So I'm expecting a good game. Well, that is uh, my time. I am going to uh, head out here. Um, Getting ready for the next football week. And I will uh, reconvene and I will talk with you guys another time. Uh, Of course, it will be after the Seahawks game. But I will definitely talk to you after the Seahawks game. Uh, So, here's to another week. Here's to hopefully another victory. So, we just better go ahead and get ready for a good game. Until then, until next time, take care. God bless. And I'll see you on the sidelines. Peace. <laughs> You don't know you don't know